What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. What's up? Thank you so much for tuning in. On today's show, we're taking you inside Fashion Tech Berlin the conference on the future of fashion, which took place in late June in Germany. I was on the scene to give a talk on wearable technology and the future of fashion. You can catch the video on my speech on electricrunway.com, but there was so much more. When I wasn't on stage or taking in some of the conference content, I was out in the exhibitors hall, learning about some of the fashion tech on display and meeting with some of the designers and developers there. I wanna share some of these conversations with you right now, but first, I just wanted to say how impressed I was with what a fantastic job Berlin is doing at integrating fashion and technology. They seem like years ahead. To provide some context, Fashion Tech Berlin is a one-day satellite event that takes place during premium. Premium is one of the world's major fashion trade shows that takes place during Berlin Fashion Week. If the runway shows during Berlin Fashion Week are about inspiration and creativity, the trade shows are about business. This is where buyers go to buy, sellers go to sell, and media and cool hunters get to see what's new and next in retail and style. The fact that technology had its own dedicated space within this major event speaks to the level of integration we're seeing out of Berlin when it comes to fashion and technology, and a big part of that integration is because of my first guest. All of the interviews you're about to hear today were recorded on the scene at Fashion Tech Berlin, with the exception of my interview with Lisa Lang, which was recorded just a few days ago after the event had passed and she had a chance to take a breath and we both had the chance to get some perspective. If you don't know her already, remember the name. Lisa Lang is the founder of Electric Couture and the stronghold of the fashion tech scene in Berlin and beyond. I first interviewed Lisa for an article I wrote for Third Wave Fashion about a year ago. At the time, she had just announced that her line of electric light-up garments would be available in ASOS, making hers the first line of fashion tech products to be sold by a global fashion retailer. Today, she's the ringleader of the fashion tech scene in Europe, as well as its matchmaker. Please welcome to the show, Lisa Lang. So Lisa Lang, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amanda. Thank you so much for having me at Fashion Tech Berlin earlier this summer. And for those who don't know, tell us, what is Fashion Tech Berlin? So Fashion Tech Berlin started as a little experiment between Republika, which is like a a big European blocker event, and Premium Exhibition, which is a trade exhibition show during Berlin Fashion Week. So they're both quite huge and they've been working together for a while. And they started with this concept like, hey, isn't it interesting to digitize clothing and garments? And then the interest just grew and grew and grew. And then it got moved out from Republica actually in the fashion context. And now the last one we had a few weeks ago was the fourth one. And it is now an established part of uh, Berlin Fashion Week. It runs just, you know, next to the premium trade show. And a lot of designers, like normal designers, actually come and get inspired there and to learn what technology can do for them. How, I guess this is the third or fourth year for Fashion Tech Berlin? The fourth one. So this is the fourth year, and it's now grown into, I, I believe you were saying before we began oh, recording, is the biggest one of the, that you've ever had. Yeah, so it's, it's the fourth event. So you always have two 
Right. Okay, so we have like so we have uh, two fashion weeks in Berlin, and we did four events all together. So it's, it's been like two and a half years altogether. Great. And so, in addition to showcasing speakers and exhibitors, there were some important announcements made at the event this year. Tell us more about that. Oh, where shall I start? There was so much going on. One bit was that uh, Deutsche Telekom introduced uh, Fashion Fusion, which is a fashion tech challenge. So designers and technologists can apply with concepts for fashions. There are several categories like smart services, uh, digitally enhanced fashion and, and wearable tech. So you can submit your idea and then the top 10 get picked by the jury. There is Adidas is a sponsor, Intel is a sponsor, Wired Magazine, and they all will pick out the top 10 concepts. Those top 10 teams, they can be individual people, but they also can like be a team of like max five people. They will get invited to Berlin in kind of like a designer in residence program and we at Electro Couture we got invited to be the curator because we've been running a fashion tech workshop and studio for a while so we are building an entire studio for them for three months in Berlin and that's where we are teaching and curating to support those 10 contestants to actually go from their idea to well at absolute minimum the first prototype before it goes to the market. That's a really exciting initiative. And I want to talk a little bit later about how Electric Couture has kind of expanded from you know, a fashion label to this now ecosystem. Are there any other announcements you want to share with us that came out of the event? So the other thing was also for us as Electric Couture is we launched the first collaborative collection out of our fashion tech studio. So we had six designers on the ground who learned for a collection for six months with us and we gave them access to machines, to seamstresses and tech equipment. And they launched their first collection there as well. It was, it was really, really exciting. The, the, the designers were totally over the moon because they would never, in like a normal fashion environment, they would never get like that much attention for their first collection. Yeah, and I think not only that much attention, but I think that what inspired me or what was so impressive to me about Fashion Tech Berlin is seeing these designers and it's not just a concept piece. It's actually available commercially right now and Electric Couture has provided them the infrastructure for doing that and so that's so amazing and inspiring and maybe you could talk about how your brand started because I know you and I have chatted but not on the podcast yet so maybe if you could talk about Electric Couture and how it's now incubating talent and fostering an ecosystem in this space. Yeah, it's so funny to look back. It's actually like what we are now. I would have never imagined in the beginning that's that's where we're going to end up. Basically, for me, it just started with frustration. I worked in the tech industry for 10 years, and I was always like the project manager. I worked as an engineer myself, you know, programming, stuff like that. But also for me, as a woman in a, in a male-dominated environment, I was always like, like why kind of wear something pretty and it's smart at the same time and then like over the years it just like grew into such a frustration why is there nothing out there like not not just concept pieces not just show pieces like something i can just like go in a shop and buy it and it's affordable and i don't get electrocuted and i can wash it and wear it over and over Mm -hmm. so and i was really fortunate to have like a really good ecosystem in berlin because we have a fantastic fab lab here which is you know an open maker space so i just spent a lot of time there i learned uh, all of the machines 3d printing laser cutting and then at that point where you understand what machines can do all of the sudden 
the way how you perceive your environment completely change because you don't have to accept anything as a given anymore, right? You know, I don't have to walk into a shop and say like, okay, I don't like this color and I like don't like the cut. I can just like make it because I have access to a sewing machine and uh, to laser cutter and I can I can solder, so I'll just do it myself. And that's kind of like how it started. But I always back then already I wanted to focus very much on ready to wear because on the one side I saw a gap on the market. Was like you know show pieces and and concept pieces as nice as they are. I always asking myself like what is the next step because of course you know I'm also a business person. So like you know in the end of the day I have to if I would ever start a business out of that I would have to produce a product and I have to sell it because the company has to survive somehow. And then I just like found out oh so uh, technology is like cool and can do a lot of stuff. But like for some reason nobody thought about it to make it washable so it was really doing my head it's like it can't be it can't be like there's nothing out there like why 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 and then i just realized because i studied and worked in in both industries that well simply the reason is because those people don't talk to each other and i was like can it be that like in a time where technology and everything is possible right and we can actually learn everything thank you to the university of youtube like why is it not possible and then i realized for myself, it's like, but hey, Lisa, this is actually what you've done for the last 10 years. You always brought people together. You explained the world, the bees and the flowers and stuff. <laughs> so like, how about you just do that? So we started our first brand, but also what I wanted to do is like, oh, you know, where do I have to sell it? I want to be just like recognized by fashion. So that means like, of course, I have to go on a fashion platform and sell it. So I flew to London because I knew that there's a senior buyer from Asus Marketplace out there. And I was wearing one of my first early pieces and I just caught her at the event and then I just switched on my button because, you know, we glow a lot. We design a lot with light. Mm -hmm. And and the buyer was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. And I was like, yeah, and look, you know, there's a little battery and you can detach it and you can wash it. So you're like, oh my God, we need this in our shop. And I was like, look, you know, what is your problem at, as an e-commerce retailer? And they said like, look, you know, and this was the sentence I've heard there the first time years ago. And this is the sentence I hear now every single day. It doesn't matter from design companies or from technology companies. We know we have to go into that direction. We just have no idea how. Because there's always a component always is missing. So the designers are missing technology and technology is missing design. And at that point, I understood, okay, I have to go further. We need an ecosystem. And that's where Lisa, the fashion tech designer, changed to Lisa, the traffic light. <laughs> <laughs> the ringleader. Bringing, bringing people together, bringing people together. And in the end of the day, because, you know, I'm a system engineer, that's what I do. I establish cluster systems. I see the opportunities and say like, oh, look, you know, this would be really cool with this. How about I'll just get you all together for a coffee and you just talk. Yeah, and it's interesting, before we began recording as well, we were talking about how much fashion and technology can learn from each other and need each other, and it's not just in technology on the body, which is interesting, but at the end of the day, you still have to sell that, so it does sort of bleed over into retail tech as well. How can you know mobile experiences be better, online shopping experiences, in-store experiences, how are they going to be enhanced 
by technology. And as we were talking about, you know, I think that right now technology is sort of a small part of the larger fashion conversation. But as we've seen at, you know, some of the big fashion events in North America earlier this year, technology is taking up more and more space. And so I'm really excited for what's to come. And I'm really excited for what you're doing as as the traffic light, as you put it, or the the ringleader, as I would put it. (laughs) Now, I was really impressed with Berlin and like, because in Toronto, we have a wearable scene and a hardware ecosystem. What I was really impressed with in Berlin is how, how far along you are with the integration of fashion and technology. And I want to know from your perspective, why do you think Berlin is emerging as a leader in this space? I think because the ivory tower of each industry, meaning from design and fashion and and technology, are actually quite low. So Berlin is very international. It's Of course, it's a party town. Of course, it's a networking town. So the possibility that a designer and a technologist meet at a party is actually far more likely than like in any other cities around the world. It's not like that cliquey than like San Francisco, for instance, or hmm. it's like not that, oh, you know, you have to be a fashion designer in New York to get in contact with other fashion designers, something like that. And I think Berlin is not Germany. It's very punk and progressive. So it's okay to be out there. It's okay to do it different. And it's okay to be crazy and creative. You meet people here and everybody has like 10 pet projects. Doesn't matter if they're ever, ever going to happen or ever going to get finished. But it, you know, everybody is doing like so much. And the reason why is because people have time. And people have time because the living expenses is, in comparison to other major cities around the world, are actually quite low. I have friends and, and acquaintances who come from New York, London, Australia, and they're like, oh, you know, from the project I just finished, I can survive here for three months and, and can just do something creative. Also, you have a lot of space here, like physical space, because Berlin used to be a far bigger city and you have like a lot of old industrial buildings, which step by step now just recently in the last few years just get renovated and opened up for co-working spaces um there is a lot of a culture of shared resources open communities co-working spaces fab labs it is totally cool to ask somebody for advice invite them for a coffee and say like hey can we just sit down and talk because people can afford to sit down and talk for an hour without having to send you an invoice so they can pay the electricity bill. <laughs> so so I think I think all of that actually makes it a very nurturous flower garden. <laughs> yeah. So, like all the ingredients there and also I think because Berlin is not very well known as like the fashion metropole but it's also the super techie city. I mean it's becoming like that but you know a few years it wasn't. So it's actually good that you don't have a very strong reputation. I mean, we see it especially when we go more to like Southern Europe, Paris and Milan, for instance, they have always been on the forefront of fashion. So they can't allow themselves going like totally crazy because they're like so afraid of, they lose their reputation, right? So in Berlin, it's like, just F that, like, just let's do something new. And like, when I started, possibly if I would have been in another city, people would have said like, you're crazy. What the fuck are you doing here? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in Berlin, it was just like, yeah, that's cool. Can I help you somehow? This sounds like nice, right? So all of that is, is really cool. And we actually have a very well-established industrial scene here. We have the textile industry. We have manufacturers here. It's very close to Poland, where also manufacturing is cheap. But also in the last years, um, a lot of 
of bigger companies have gone into the city because they've kind of recognized that it becomes like this innovation hub. Things are happening. It's not like that something finishes and something comes out of it, but it's just like something is happening, so we just have to be there. And that also, of course, means you have to go to a lot of parties, right? Um, <laughs> so the thing is that also like in Berlin, I just, everything what I need is in the city. And if it's not, then I just have to wait because eventually everybody will pass by. And Berlin is a brand now. Berlin is so super cool. You know, when I'm traveling, I'm just like, oh, I'm from Berlin. And everybody's like, yeah, of course, of course. You know, you have a pink fringe. It's just like amazing. And of course, people kind of like expect that something crazy comes out of the city. So there's a reputation already there, right? Like we can be crazy and we, we can be out there and yes, of course, also fail and yes, also embarrass ourselves and stuff like that. But this is also what you need for innovation, you know, but at least we're doing something here. Yeah, I mean, when I was there, the energy of Berlin was really awesome to experience. Very young, very fresh and like you're talking about, very unafraid to try something new and innovate and be eclectic. So something that I for sure appreciated. So Lisa, before I let you go, what's next for Electric Couture and what's next for Fashion Tech Berlin? Oh, uh, so much. So we are growing. The Fashion Tech Studio we founded has now also recently started the Fashion Tech Academy because as a part of that, we have to go into manufacturing and um, we actually need fashion technologists. That is going to be the new job title. And those people won't come out of academia. They won't come out of the old established industries. They will come from bottom up. After I've been in, in tech for 10 years, I've seen what happened with web designers. Web designers was a mix of a classical trained graphic designer and, and a programmer, right? Then got into academia. Exactly that will happen with fashion technologies. We have so many people coming to us, students, design and fashion universities who don't have the expertise, the equipment or the budget and say like, can you just please teach us? We have companies coming to us like, can we have our designers and leave them in your studio so they learn what you, what you do? right so out of that we started the fashion tech academy because it's teaching you know it's it's not about like hey all of the expertise we accumulated and we we just hold it back and restrict it to to our network no 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 no. we have to get out there we have to establish an ecosystem and teach everyone because when we work together we can make it easier because of course it's easier for me to go to a manufacturer and say like hey i don't not only want to use 10 garments i want to produce a thousand garments right so from a, from a business perspective it makes absolute sense and of course also on the other side is i can see that especially also in europe old established fashion houses and technology houses finally waking up and they come to us and say like can you please help us and that's the first step being aware of that you need help and that it's okay to get out of your normal surroundings and ask for something else and the good thing is that the timing by now is that fashion understood that they are stuck and they can't do anything which is like kind of unheard of because fashion always always got inspired by technology you know the zipper and the sewing machine and stuff like that mm -hmm. and technology because all this wearable tech is that trend is now going down it's an over saturated market and technology now understood that you can't establish an emotional connection to a function mm -hmm. so the timing is perfect because both industries now reaching out and they need a matchmaker. This is also like another job title, I guess. They need a matchmaker to tell them like, you do this and you do that. And how about we do this together? So these are going to be our two things. 
we are going to teach the next generation and we're teaching the big guys how to go into the next generation. Yeah, that's fantastic. I like the title match matchmaker, ringleader. I think they all suit you. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. How can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing at Electro Couture? Well, just go to our website, electrocouture.com, of course, with a K because it's Berlin and with my accent, the C or the K does make a difference. I highly recommend our weekly newsletter because we not only talk about us, we talk about the entire industry and of course, all of the social media, electrocouture, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. We have a lot of events coming up and of course, eventually everybody will come to Berlin and we have an open studio. Everybody is welcome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa. Thank you so much. As Lisa mentioned, her company, Electric Couture, is bringing fashion tech projects to life, taking them from the stage to the street, from prototype to product. My next guest is one of her protégés, one of the students who has been through the House of Electric Couture and who launched her line at Fashion Tech Berlin. Uh, Lillian, we're here at Fashion Tech Berlin. Tell me about your creation here. Today presenting the Inforce Yoga Collection. It's basically a hot yoga smart textile collection and it helps up to open up your chakra points while still enjoying the well-being effects of yoga. And in order to not disturb your energy flow, there is also a material incorporated which is protecting you from electrosmog of your mobile, for example. And this is basically the concept behind the collection. So it has everything that we'd expect from a high performance textile, like you were talking about how it has the, um, the odor control and like moisture wicking and that. But then in addition, there's laser cut panels. We're going to put pictures up on the website so people can see laser cut panels that are specifically for heating your chakras. Is that right? No, the laser cut parts are actually there in order to emphasize the chakra points. So where it's located at the body and it also makes the special material actually visible. So this is what we wanted to do, to mix certain techniques of normal crafting and fashion and the newest technology, latest technology and how you can play with it and how you can also twist it in order to create like new functions for garments. Very cool. And you worked out of the studio with Electric Couture. Can you tell me about how you worked with them to bring your product from a concept to something that's now available on ASOS? Yeah, well, that was a really interesting process for me as well. So we actually met here as well at Fashion Tech, um, Lisa and I, and we started to discuss all of the collection. I presented her my sketches and everything like that. So she supplied me then with a lot of knowledge as well. And of course, the, the, the machines to actually manufacture, for example, the laser cut mesh. And this was just a total awesome experience for me. And she really enabled me a lot by uh, introducing me also to the right partners. So the, the whole project actually just came alive um, by tossing all our knowledge and make that work, yeah. And so how much do they retail for if I want to get a pair of hot yoga workout clothes? So right now the female shirt will be available from 999 pounds onwards and the pants will be 1199 pounds. Again, for the men's, it's also available. The shirt is the same price as the female, and the male trouser will be £1,299. And are they washable? Golden question. Absolutely, they are washable. It's it's completely Ocotech, so the smart te textiles is Ocotech standard as well, so it's really a high quality. They're 99% silver coated threads worked in, so from this the, the fabric was made, so it's completely a very high quality level. And how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? Well, I have a Facebook page by now, and I hope to launch my website then soon, so I will announce that, so if anybody is interested, 
and they can just get in touch with me via your Facebook right now. Okay, stay tuned. We look forward to your website and following what you do. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was my conversation with Lillian's thing line of Lillian Finesse Design. You can check out her work on electricrunway.com. We posted photos of the his and her yoga garments. You have to see them to believe them. We all know that new technologies are enabling new textiles and new forms of expression when it comes to fashion, but nothing quite like the designs of my next guest, Marty Dijkstra. She studied fashion in the Netherlands before interning under Alexander McQueen in London. Dijkstra's work helps us imagine a future where fabrics double as mini controllers or appear and disappear based on the wearer's arousal levels. I'll let you hear from her. So Marja, tell me about your design. The design is 3D printed with a 3D printing pen. There are elements 3D printed on flat surfaces and also uh, other structures. And I bind them together with silk and polyester wires by hand. So uh, many hours of work. So you're telling me that those doodle pens that we saw in Mashable, you've actually created this dress and we'll put some images up on the website so people can see, but you hand-drew this dress, essentially. Yes, it's really cool. It's uh, really nice to uh, draw your dress instead of going to the fabric store and buy your fabrics and then sew them together. And the shoes as well? Yes, I, uh, I think uh, if you are a fashion designer, you have to think about the whole uh, outfit, so there's also shoes and uh, jewelry involved to uh, create the outfits. And as I understand it, you studied under Alexander McQueen. Uh, yes, I did. In my third year, I did an internship at Alexander Queen for six months, and uh, I did a lot of embroideries, and I, my interest in uh, more sculptural uh, design uh, was more developed there. How do you think he influenced fashion tech? Uh, he was really early. Uh, he was one of the uh, designers who used uh, holographics and uh, 3D printing uh, in the 90s, so he was really uh, early in this, very progressive for his uh, time. And you're carrying on the same spirit of eccentricity and structural structuralism, I guess? Yeah, but that was always in me. I'm, I'm not a designer that makes patterns on, on paper and then sew it together. It's, I'm, I'm building up my uh, designs. I uh, sculpture almost uh, my designs. So, um, and so are you excited about the future of 3D printing? Well, 3D printing is it's, it's cool, but it's also very frustrating because it's like doing my job. So uh, I'm, I'm always trying to combine it with hand-stitching uh, details because otherwise it's a push-off on a button and you have another one. Right, so you're doing the 3D building element, but it's by hand. It's all by hand, yeah, and stage more unique, I think. You, you don't want to have a dress and uh, another one, uh, if you spend a lot of money on a dress, you don't want another person to wear the same dress. It's couture. It's couture, yes, yeah. Very good, well, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome, thank you. Technology is bringing our clothing to life, and one of the most obvious ways that's being shown is via light and motion. Light-up garments are all the rage at festivals and raves, but they've even made their way onto the streets of Paris and in fashion houses like Chanel. My next guest combines traditional embroidery skills with new materials to bring a new element of expression to garments. Right now, my conversation with Clara Dugan. So Clara, tell me about your designs that you have here at Fashion Tech Berlin. So I have one which is just sort of passive, I guess, because it just lights up and it's all hand embroidered. And then the second one lights up to the rhythm of the wearer's heartbeat with a pulse sensor that's in the glove. Is this fiber optic? In a sense. I mean, it's nylon thread. Okay. And the other one? Backlit LEDs and hand, yeah, like regular sewing thread. Do you imagine these as costume and concept pieces or are they going to be commercially available? I think the one on the left could be completely commercially available. Um, this one, I don't know if people want to necessarily show their feelings, but it, you know, it could be 
the code could be modified as well, um, but for the time being, they are just concept pieces. And so it's illuminated apparel, you were saying? Yeah. Why do you think this is becoming so big that we want to now wear our technology? I think it's technology is really just going into every aspect of our lives, and I think this is like it's like a way to express that a feeling, and light is maybe the easiest way to really communicate that. It's visible, so it's like it's not like a pattern. It's like a pattern on a dress, but it's you know with light, so it comes to life. And how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? I have a website, claradaguin.com, and then my Instagram is Clara Antonina. And that's D-A-G-U-I-N for people who don't grasp the accent. <laughs> Thanks so much for your time. Thank you. When you walked onto the showroom floor at Fashion Tech Berlin, you couldn't help but notice my next guest creation. Even on mannequins, it's as if they were alive, morphing and changing in front of you like animated origami. You can check out Electric Runway for videos and photos. Yasna Rock is a future fashion designer experimenting with innovative technologies and interactive fashion. So it's Yasna, am I saying that right? Yes, it's right. Okay, so tell me about your creations here. These are garments that are coming to life with motion. Yes, true. Uh, this is a fashion on brainwaves collection and it's visualizing your thoughts and the way you think and feel into a morphing fashion. So you've connected the fashion design to the headpiece. What head, Did you design the headpiece or what headpiece are you using? No, uh, I didn't design the headpiece. I'm uh, using a Mindwave because, you know, it's already invented. So it's not, yeah. It's called Mindwave? Yes, it's called Mindwave. I've never heard of that one before, so okay. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, look it up. Um, but actually right now we are collaborating with Emac because they have more, um, yeah, no, other sensors that are even more interested. Uh, and actually what I did, I combined fashion with science and technology because also the science people really can learn from this collection. We really discover and can define patterns by seeing the movement of the, of the garments. So basically the headset reads the neurological activity and then it's translating it into movement on these garments. This one is color and then these two are motion. Yes, true, true. Like for instance, the moving color that goes up and down it's really reflecting your state of meditation and how comfortable you feel. If you're feeling uncomfortable, the colors goes up like a cocoon around you. So you first have to calm down again and then the color goes also down. This is good because you can feel uncomfortable in many ways because you have too much stress, because there is too much advertising on you. Somebody is too close to you in your personal space, so that's really interesting. Also, if you think about the possibilities in the future, people with a depression, uh, concentration disorder, we can help them with this technology. Because they can better understand themselves. Now, this is biomedia. Is that how you call it? Well, I don't call it biomedia because it's not with, uh, with uh, bacteria and stuff. So I, I would rather call it really yeah, neuroscience fashion, yeah. Neuroscience fashion, very cool. And so how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? Ah, thank you. Well, you can follow me uh, on the Yasna Rock Facebook page, YouTube channel, and also on our web website. Uh, and it's J-A-S-N-A, did I get that right? Yes. And then Rock is R-O-K? Yes, right. Okay, great. People will follow. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thank you. I liked Yasna's naming of her work as neuroscience fashion. I think there's an interesting connection taking place right now between clothing and consciousness. It's as if we want our garments and accessories to mirror our always active minds. 
Following this thread, my next guest has a line of jewelry that comes to life. Welcome Leo Peshna to the show. Can I call you Leo? Yes. <laughs> What's the company called? Uh, Fomba Time. So, Leo, you have animatronic, or how do you say it? What is this? Explain it. Uh, I call it electromechanical jewelry. It's just basically the combination classic jewelry, fine metal, standard with a time component. So there's motors inside which drive mirror, plate. And is it based on motion if I walk by? Or what is it based? How do you make the necklaces move? You can control it by your smartphone. So you're on one side, you can connect it to your phone and it just moves and you get a call or a message. On the other side, you can pre-program movements and play them back. So, Leo, why do you think we want to bring our clothing to life now, or our jewelry at least? Because movement is maybe the oldest form of cultural expression, and the combination of jewelry and movement is something really beautiful, I think, at least. <laughs> and how can people stay in touch with you and uh, follow what you're doing? Uh, we are on Instagram, Form by Time, and my website. And the website, just so people can take a look? Uh, formbytime.com. We'll put up a link on Electric Runway. Thanks so much for your time, and good luck. One of the problems addressed at Fashion Tech Berlin is the barrier for entry for creating fashion tech. This is something I discuss in detail in my recent article for Women's Wear Daily looking at Automat, a toolkit for enabling fashion tech. At Fashion Tech Berlin, I met Anita Nett, who in her work with 360 Fashion has also created toolkits for fashion tech, although hers are even more specific and user-friendly. So, Anina, tell me about 360 Fashion Network and tell me also about your kits as well. I want to learn about that. Yeah, so 360 Fashion Network, we produce these large fashion tech events to show fashion brands what they can do with the latest technologies. And we work with startups or we work with fashion companies to build these demos and it's quite an extravaganza. And what I found out through that process was that I kept building these demos, but the shows got bigger and bigger, but I couldn't build more smart fashion pieces. And I was like, I got to get the fashion designers to do this. I'm too busy making the event, you know? But the barrier to entry for fashion designers to be able to make a tech-enabled piece of clothing is the technology. So I thought about that, and I had the good fortune to meet my partners, Maker Collider, and they make kits. They make tech kits. And I was like, let's make a fashion tech kit. And they were like, yeah, great idea. And they hand me this lunchbox of parts, and I look at it, and I'm like, I can't do anything with that. You know, I'm no, 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 no. No one's going to solder. Forget about this. What code, you know? So at the last seven months, we have created these fashion tech kits that there's 11 different kits that come working out of the box. And that means that a fashion designer or accessories designer could just take those parts and then do what they do best, which is integration and design. And that's as a first step. And then if they want to you know, change the lighting pattern or they want to connect it to the internet or they want to have it do something special to their design, we have a graphical interface that is not for programming. You instead drag these little widgets onto your screen and you sew them together and then you zap the chip 
and then the chip does what you want. So the 360 fashion tech kits are designed for fashion designers to make smart fashion and accessories without coding and without soldering. So as I understand it, it's kind of like a plug-and-play solution for people who don't understand the coding or maybe are overwhelmed with the programming side of things. How do you think this will further the next generation of fashion tech? Well, it is already working because we have cooperated with brands like Our Factory, who made a motion dress, an LED bag. Michael Starost used the robotic dress kit to make a Marilyn Monroe-style dress and LED kits and so on. And very exciting is we're also making these new materials because we realize that, you know, those parts you buy off the internet don't really work very well. So we've created this LED ribbon, which is very soft and has soft lights. And brands like, like Libet and Michael Van Gogh, which are very simple but aesthetically beautiful. And it's a, you know, first step to educate the consumer about lighting and then you can upsell them you know now you can connect to your phone now you can do this now you can change shape etc i'm already in the last three weeks since we brought those kits out seeing an acceleration of stuff being made that's really exciting how much are the kits so they range in price between 75 US dollars and 150 and then top of the line is the robotic dress cuz servo motors are quite expensive and there's six of them that's around 400 dollars so we are preparing though for a crowdfunding not because the kits aren't made they are made but what we need to know is which kits do people want? I mean, there's 11 of them. Maybe there's one nobody wants, so we don't want to go making it, right? And we also want, through the crowdfunding campaign, to get the first users so that then we can work closely with them and they can tell us, you know, for the next batch, what would they like us to change or do differently, etc. And so the LED ribbon, how much does that cost? And I looked inside one of the handbags that you had there. It looks like it's pretty seamless to integrate. How do I get my hands on that and start making my Burning Man costume? I hope you'll start making your evening dress costume, your cocktail dress. So the ribbon comes in 53 centimeters and 1 meter and 1.5 meter. So the 1.5 meter is $20 and then $15 and then around $12. And it comes with the controller. We're giving best practices and our promise to anybody who makes things with either our kits or the LED ribbon is that we will use our social media and our PR and our our promotional abilities to first promote what you're doing and who you are as a designer and secondly uh, we can also help you. For example, in the case of the bags, we have uh, factories in China which have agreed to do low MOQs, low minimum order quantities. So if you don't know how to make more of them, we can help you with that. With the kits, if anything good comes out of the kit, we will help you go to crowdfunding. And then my partners and I, we will help you to manufacture it and make it into a real product. Very cool. Well, how can people follow you and stay in touch with what you're doing? So if they want to check out the kits, they can go to www360 
F-A-S-H.com. And if they want to send me an email and know more, they can easily send an email to Anina at 360fashion.net. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're looking forward to seeing what people come up with with your kit. Yes. Hurry up. I'm excited. (laughs) Thanks. That's all my conversations from Fashion Tech Berlin. For photos and video of everything mentioned on the show, check out electricrunway.com and be sure to follow on Instagram and Twitter at electric underscore runway. Next week on the show, we're speaking with Marina Toters. She's a maker and the founder of buywire.net, a community in Holland for fostering the future of fashion. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. All guests on the Electric Runway podcast are recorded with permission. Music from today's episode by Jeff Kale. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud, if you like what you hear on this program, we ask that you please leave us a five-star rating or give us a thumbs up. It helps listeners just like you discover content just like ours.